going to die, if not sooner than later, whether or not I had ever spoken myself. My silences had not protected me. Your silence will not protect you. What are the words you do not yet have? What do you need to say? What are the tyrannies you swallow day by day and attempt to make your own until you will sicken and die of them still in silence? Perhaps for some of you here today, I am the face of one of your fears. Because I am woman, because I am black, because I am lesbian, because I am myself, a black woman warrior doing my work, come to ask you, are you doing yours? All righty, and that was Audrey Lord's silence will not protect us. We live in a global world. We're all interrelated. So on Sojourner Truth, we work to bring directly to you news and views on local, national, and international policies and stories that affect us all. And we draw out how those of us most impacted women, communities of color, and other communities are responding. We also discuss the interrelationship between art and politics. Now for our news headlines. For Pacifica Radio, I'm Christina Onestead. It's International Women's Day today. Abortion rights advocates in the U.S. are planning actions in support of the right to choose. In Texas, five women who were denied abortions, even though carrying their pregnancies endangered their lives, are suing the state over its abortion ban. The Center for Reproductive Rights says it's the first lawsuit of its kind, but will not be the last. Eileen Alfandari reports. Amanda Zerowski had finished the invitation list for her baby shower when she suffered 
preterm labor rupture of her membranes at 18 weeks of pregnancy. Her doctors told her there was nothing they could do to save her pregnancy, but they also could not terminate it so long as they could detect a fetal heartbeat. Not until Zorowski's life was in imminent danger. In a matter of minutes, I went from being physically healthy to developing sepsis, a condition in which bacteria in the blood develops into infection with the ability to kill in under an hour. I spent the next three days in the intensive care unit, surrounded by my family who booked last-minute flights because they feared for my life. Sarosky survived, but the infection caused by waiting for an abortion caused one of her fallopian tubes to become permanently closed, making a future pregnancy more difficult to achieve. She calls the Texas restrictions barbaric. Nancy Northup is the president of the Center for Reproductive Rights, which is suing the state of Texas on behalf of the five women and two obstetricians who say they can no longer practice medicine as they were trained. It is the first lawsuit in which individual women have sued a state for the harm that they endured because abortion care has been criminalized. No one should be forced to wait until they are at death's door. To receive health care. I'm Eileen Alfandari. A day of mourning in Palestine after Israeli forces invaded the West Bank city of Jenin and raided a home, killing six Palestinians. Medical sources in Palestine confirmed dozens others were wounded. Ralmi Amigari reports from Gaza. In the West Bank city of Jenin, Palestinians took to the street in mourning of the men killed, and the general strike was declared for tomorrow and protests. The Israeli military said it had killed the suspected assailant behind a fatal shooting of two Israeli brothers in the northern West Bank town of Hawara last week that sparked a violent mob of Israeli settlers who attacked Palestinian homes and burned cars. Tuesday's raid was the latest in a string of deadly arrest operations by the Israeli military in the northern West Bank as violence surges to its highest levels. I am Rami El-Mirari in Gaza. Millions in France are marking day two of an open-ended strike against President Emmanuel Macron's plan to raise the retirement age to 64. Charles de la Desma reports. On Tuesday, large demonstrations took place across France with scuffles breaking out between protesters and riot police in Paris. Now, train and metro drivers, refinery workers, garbage collectors and others are holding further strikes in efforts to keep up pressure on the government amid the ongoing parliamentary debate about the pensions reform. Also, new protest actions focused on women and the retirement reform's impact on working mothers are expected to coincide with International Women's Day. Activists see the pension reform as unfair to women. Notably, as it would further deepen gender inequalities faced during careers. I'm Charles Diladesma. Federal investigators have announced a special investigation into railroad Norfolk Southern following a fiery derailment on the Ohio-Pennsylvania border in February and several other accidents. The most recent accident led to a train conductor's death early Tuesday. The National Transportation Safety Board says it will begin a broad look at the railroad safety culture. It says he has sent investigation teams to look into five significant accidents involving Norfolk Southern's since December of 2021. The agency says it's urging the company to take immediate action to review and assess its safety 
practices. President Joe Biden has proposed new taxes on the rich to help fund Medicare. He says his plan would help to extend the insurance program solvency by 25 years and provide a degree of middle class stability to millions of older adults. He made his proposal in an essay in the New York Times. He wants to increase the Medicare tax rate from 3.8 to 5 percent on income exceeding $400,000 per year, including salaries and capital gains. Prior estimates by the Tax Policy Center have said such a plan would raise $117 billion over 10 years. More than 65 million people rely on the program. It costs roughly $900 billion each year. The number of Medicare enrollees is expected to continue growing as the U.S. population ages. Funding for the program is a problem with federal officials warning without cuts or tax increases, Medicare might not be able to cover or pay for 90 percent of benefits by 2028. Biden suggested Medicare changes are part of a fuller budget proposal he plans to release Thursday in Philadelphia. I'm Christina Onestead, reporting for Pacifica Radio. Those were our news headlines and kicking off our International Women's Day special. We are starting out with a bit of a memorial. We want to remember uh, Judy Human. She led the fight for disability rights. She passed away on March the 4th as she was 75 years old. Since childhood, when she developed polio, her struggles really began. She waged basically a huge battle after she got out of university. Judy and I, I knew her a bit. We went to the same university. We both graduated from Long Island University, both to become school teachers. I went on to work at PS 155 as a, a young teacher, but Judy Human was denied the right to become a teacher, and she basically fought a one-woman battle, a battle that she did win to become a teacher in the New York school system. And she went on to play quite a role in disability rights. She worked in various administrations, but she also was part of a massive protest that took place in San Francisco, a sit-in. According to the New York Times, that sit-in continued for close to a month and has been described as the longest nonviolent occupation of a federal building in U.S. history. So the world has lost uh, Judy Human, and we wanted to recognize her, her work on disability rights, and to lift her up as we start off our International Women's Day special. What I'd like to do now is for you to hear the voice of Judy Human. This is from PBS NewsHour. When I was five years old in Brooklyn, New York, on East 38th Street, my mother did what every other parent did when their kid was five. She took me to school to register me. And uh, this was in the early 1950s. There were no motorized wheelchairs, so she pushed me to school and it wasn't accessible. She pulled me up the steps and um, the principal said I couldn't go to school because I was a fire hazard. I don't really know that there was an explanation. It just was. I think the average person, they see disability as a threat, as a threat to not being able to do things as people have typically done them. And I think there's truth in that. But the question is, is it because one has a disability or because society itself 
has constructed itself in such a way because they haven't seen us. Discrimination against disabled people has existed from the beginning of time. And we're in a place right now where because of other movements, civil rights movement, the women's movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, etc., people are speaking up and out. One of the first pieces of legislation that the disability community really engaged in was getting regulations developed for a provision of law called Section 504. Section 504 says you can't discriminate against someone who has a disability if the entity is receiving money from the federal government. It was the first time that many of these young disabled people felt a part of something and really felt that they were making a difference not only for their lives but for the lives of many others. There is a shift, I believe, going on in our society where we're looking at race and gender, equality and disability as issues that we need to address, that diversity is something that makes our companies stronger, that diverse businesses provide better services for customers. I also am a very big believer that the disability rights community cannot stand on its own. We need to be working with all other movements and we want all other movements to be inclusive of disabled people. If we are actively learning and working together, we can do things like make sure when housing is being built in our communities that it's accessible, not just for people who have physical disabilities today, but if you're gonna have a physical disability tomorrow. I think having a disability really has allowed me to do and get in touch with so many things and opportunities that otherwise would not have happened. People look at us as the label of our disability. And it is a part of who we are, but it is not who we are. My name is Judy Human, and this is my brief but spectacular take on the disability rights movement. And that was the voice of now the late Judy Human, uh, nationally known disability rights activist who died on March the 4th of the age of 75. We are now going to uh, go on to welcome our first guest on our International Women's Day special. I'd like to welcome Anna Aurelio. Who is the Federal Campaign Director of Economic Security Project Action. She has fought for the public interest for nearly three decades. Anna, there's a lot I could say about you. We're a little pressed for time. But on this International Women's Day, Anna, you have been involved in in, uh, struggles for cash for mothers and other caregivers for the basic income movement for the child tax credit. Tell us how this relates to your message that you would like to get out on International Women's Day. Anna, welcome. Thank you so much, Margaret. I'm really pleased to be here and to be joining all your other guests to celebrate women. And my main message is there's a lot happening this week in Washington, D.C., that could benefit women. There are a lot of proposals being unveiled. I'll talk about them, but it's time for Congress to put their money where their mouth is. Women still make 83% on the dollar compared to men, and that's even worse. 
um, for Latino and Black women. Um, we know that moms are the backbone of our economy, but we bear the brunt of caretaking and household responsibilities, and we're not compensated for that. Um, and so Congress did something really good a couple of years ago. They expanded the child tax credit and the earned income tax credit. Um, that provided breathing room. It provided financial stability and less stress for moms and others who are struggling to meet day-to-day -day costs. It created some financial stability when the economy was in a free fall, um, we need to bring that back. And so I say to everybody who's celebrating International Women's Day, it's great to unveil your proposals. It's great to talk about what you want to do for women, but we need to make proven economic policies like the child tax credit and the expanded earned income tax credit permanent um, to create a, a, a backbone for women who are supporting our economy in this country. I'll say this week, What's happening is tomorrow, Congresswoman Gwen Moore of Milwaukee, she's going to unveil her Worker Relief and Credit Reform Act. That, for the first time, would give a credit um, to caretakers. And you talked about Judy Human, um, to people who are taking care of disabled parents or children or young children. Um, so that's very, very important. Tomorrow, President Biden will unveil his budget. Um, your newscaster talked a little bit about how that will um, you know, tax the wealthy in order to help pay for more health care for people. Um, but we're expecting that he'll also call to make those expanded child tax credits and earned income tax credits permanent. So again, those are all really, really good moves. And we know that our, our champs in the Congress, led by women, Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro and Suzanne Delbany, they'll be unveiling child tax credit legislation again. Um, but we need to make those permanent. Permanent. Um, in 15 states, state legislatures are working on child tax credits. They need to make those happen and get those over the finish line. Right. Well, um, Anna, thank you so very much for that and for all of your work on this. And Anna, for people who want to find out uh, more about the work you're doing about these basic income programs and getting cash directly into people's hands, is there a website they can go to? Sure, Margaret. The website is economicsecurityproject.org. There's a lot of information and a lot of ways that you can get involved. All righty. Thank you, Anna Aurelio. And a happy International Women's Day to you. Happy International Women's Day to you and everyone else. Right. And to our whole audience, even as we left up uh, the crises we're facing as women, we also want to celebrate uh, women. We want to uplift and honor women, recognize all of the work we do, wage and unwage, but also the joy uh, that we find despite the obstacles that we face. I'd now like to welcome our next guest, who is uh, Phoebe Jones. She is a women's rights campaigner. She's based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, she is a Quaker, a mother. Uh, she's actually Dr. Uh, Phoebe Jones. Um, she was a poll monitor for the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, covering a polling station in her neighborhood. Phoebe works with me to help coordinate the global women's strike in the U.S. And she is with the uh, brand new uh, Crossroads Women's Center. The Crossroads Women's Center in Philadelphia isn't new, but will be uh, launching a brand new building. And Phoebe joins us from Washington, D.C., where she is at the moment. Welcome, Phoebe. 
Thank you, Margaret. It's great to be here. And I'm going to add, I'm a grandmother now too. So I'm very proud of it. But I, oh, I wanted right. to tell you, <laughs> I wanted tell to tell what you. what you're doing in D.C., Phoebe. Yes. Well, I'm here. And, you know, interesting from what Anna was just saying about actions this week in D.C. that benefit women, I want to add in the Farmers for Climate Action event that I'm here for. Because, you know, what it, women may not pop up in your mind as your image of the farmer, but it's really women and women of color and young people who are here at this farmer's event. And there are many, if not the majority of those who are here. And they uh, have come here to rally and to lobby for a farm bill that supports small natural farmers, those engaged in regenerative agriculture or agroecology, um, to have the Farm Bill support that rather than big ag or agribusiness, which is really one of the leading causes of climate crises, um, of which women are mainly impacted, you know, picking up the pieces, taking care of those who are made ill by the 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 bad food and the um, pesticides and stuff. So so women are very much key here, and we have come here bringing our message, which is um, a care income for people and land. And we have been talking about a guaranteed income for all those who do the work of caring for people, the soil, and the natural world. And we're bringing that, and we're also bringing our history of winning. Many things in relation to that, including in the United Nations, where you and I and many others worked for, for many years to get a decision that governments measure and value unwaged work in the home, on the land, and in the community. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the people that we met at the United Nations conference, you know, and who was also pressing for that was Representative Chelly Pingree. And Chelly Pingree is the author of the Agriculture Resilience Act, which is what uh, the, the people that are gathered here, the farmers gathered here and their supporters are pressing for. So we don't, they, you know, we and they don't want the government to be funding that which is killing us, but to be supporting that and funding that, which is, which is for life. And so that's what they're here, and it's a very exciting event, event, and we're very glad to be here. Yeah, you know, Phoebe, glad you're there as well. You know, we um, during the UN Women's Decade, one of the statistics we heard is that women do most of the agricultural work in the mm -hmm. world. Uh, so basically, yes. we are feeding the world, but so much of that work, particularly in the global south, is in the unwaged uh, sector, unpaid sector. And even in, in the U.S., you've got so many uh, women farmers um, who, uh, you know, their work isn't valued as well. Uh, so, Phoebe, this bringing together of women's work in the home and on the land is really uh, critical. Um, and so just any, any comment on that, and you will also be participating or attending the press conference that Anna Aurelio mentioned as well. Tell us about I that. I will. And, and just to say one more thing about women farmers. I mean, we were 
very active 20 years ago supporting women farmers who were suing the USDA in the similar way that the black farmers were to get the loans that they were denied. Uh, We were quite involved in that. And at that time, we were also recognizing that a lot of sort of, again, the unrecognized work of women doing the farm work is that many of the men were forced off the land to get jobs to make ends meet. And it was the women who were doing the farm work. But also a statistic we just heard this week was that 80% of the natural farmers in Africa are women. And they, like the women in Andhra Pradesh, India, are getting together and and really promoting that. In Andhra Pradesh, they've got millions of acres that women's collectives have been putting into natural farming. And it is one of the key ways of, you know, stopping um, and even reversing global warming. We saw some really good, um, you know, posters that were talking about that. But but also, you know, it, it's really nice to follow this with the Worker Relief and Credit Reform Act, because that act recognizes caregiving as work, as well as being a student and getting money and entitling, entitling mothers and other caregivers and low income students to the earned income tax credit, which is money directly to the hand. But it's a really critical thing because it recognizes the work and it gets money into women's hands. So we think that's something that is going to benefit rural women and women farmers as well. And Phoebe, give us the website. Is there a website where people can go to get information about the work you're involved in about this caring income for people, um, as well as for those who are caring for the natural world? Phoebe Jones. Yes, I think the best place to go is um, the globalwomenstrike.net website. Uh, we have quite a lot of w- information about Andhra Pradesh, about the care income for people and planet, and quite, uh, quite a lot of other information. And also, we will be putting up soon um, information about our international and community gathering in Philadelphia in June, June 9th through 11th, where we're going to be you know, addressing these. And it's called End Women's Poverty, a Guaranteed Care Income for Caregivers for People and Planet. We have Dee Dee Pursehouse coming to do a a whole day workshop on soil generation and women coming from Thailand, Peru, um, the UK, and many other places, and from the community um, to be building this movement. And we welcome everyone to come. I think also you could email us at philly at allwomencount.net if you want to get put on the list to get that information. So, you know, happy Women's Day to all of you and to you, Margaret, and thank you for having me on. Yes, and and happy Women's Day to all of the women farmers and and others who have gathered for these important events in Washington, uh, D.C. Thank you, Phoebe. Thank you, Margaret. All right, we're going to take a short station break now, and when we return... The attack on women's reproductive rights. We're going to be hearing from Emiliana Greca, who is with the Women's March Foundation, Los Angeles. Also coming up, the National Welfare Rights Union, Maureen Taylor. And now my hands with the California Poor People's Campaign. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart. Remove all the bars 
keep us apart I wish you could know what it means to be me Then you'd see and agree that every man should be free Nina Simone, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. It is our International Women's Day special. Also, if you're a member of Facebook, you can look for us there, our handle on Instagram and Twitter, at So True Radio, and we are nationwide and worldwide on SoundCloud. Today, we'd like to give a shout-out for our SoundCloud listeners in West Virginia. And internationally, we would like to give a shout-out to our SoundCloud listeners in Ireland. Uh, I would now like to welcome back to Sojourner Truth for this, our International Women's Day special, uh, Emiliana Greca. She's an entrepreneur. She's based in Los Angeles with a passion for giving back to community. She's an award-winning event producer. Emmy, as she has known, uh, devotes much of her time to advocacy programs for women's rights, uh, Latina education, and gender equality. Um, she brought 10 years of event experience to the Women's March Foundation, Los Angeles. Emmy, welcome. Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day to you, Emmy. So many challenges that we are facing uh, this year. I was reading an article in the Washington Post that said uh, women's pay had been starting to catch up. Now that has stopped in 2022. Women made 82% of men's pay. Um, it seems as though the, uh, the gender gap has hit a glass ceiling. Since 2002, pay has only gone up by two cents in the difference, right? And also the attack on women's right to choose. Emmy, your thoughts on these? Well, here's the thing. Um, 82 cents to the dollar is for white women, for Latina women, for Black women, for Asian women, it's even less. We've always done with less, but we must reject all of that. We must reject Asked, being asked to do free labor. But really, really, the fight of our life right now, we've been set back decades. The fight of our generation is reproductive rights. In order for us to achieve gender equality, we must be able to make choices um, on our own bodies. That means making a choice of having uh, wanting children or not wanting children. Um, not having the right to our bodily autonomy can lead us down economic instability for women. So I think that we've always made less pay. As a Latina, I make 54 cents on the dollar. And during COVID, we lost millions of jobs for women. Um, society expects free labor from women. But what I didn't see coming was that they also expected me to not have a choice on my body. 
So we, um, I'm going to ask women to reject the abortion bans. I'm going to ask women to ask for more and reject less pay because what they offer women is the bare minimum. And those are systematic barriers for women um, that will lead us into poverty. Um, so all of this is something we must reject. Um, we must ask our politicians to support women, to codify Roe v. Wade, to have care income for women. We all know women put forth eight hours additional work at home, even when they work full-time jobs. Just this morning, my kids were like, I need bread, I need lunch, I need this. No, somebody else needs to handle that, right? So I think that society expects free labor from women, but really our fight of our lifetime is for reproductive rights. It is essential. It is essential to the women's rights and human rights. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Emmy, you made me talk about the right to choose that, of course, uh, women's right to abortion very much under attack right now. And we, we do, we've always said, we want the right to choose to have children or when we have them, the right to have the support that's needed for these children. I mean, as you know, Emmy, you're a mom raising children really expensive. So those two things, as much as um, the media likes to divide them, and also those who oppose women's right to abortion, they're also the ones that are opposing the kinds of supports that moms need. Emmy. It's never been about abortion. It has been about controlling women, controlling women of color and low-income women. The Hyde Amendment was specifically to control women of color. So when we look at that bigger picture, they do not care. They are anti-women. They're not pro-life. They are anti-women because if you were truly a pro-lifer, why would you not want women to have healthcare, women to have equality, women to have an education and a right to their own bodily autonomy. There are no laws on the books that control men's bodies. So right now, women, we are second-class citizens without reproductive rights. So we have to reject all of that. But And we have to accept that we must continue to fight back fight back on all of this because reproductive, not having access to reproductive rights to safe and legal abortions is making us a second-class citizen. So we have to reject that. So I'm going to say today, I want everyone to celebrate, celebrate our resiliency that we continue to fight back and don't be silent. I'm going to say, if you are at work, ask, ask your employer where they stand on reproductive rights, ask them for equal pay and ditch the beer pong tables, ping pong tables and ask for for healthcare and ask for paid leave time and caregivers um, stipends. So I think we should be celebrating, but continuing to fight back on these regressive policies. Right. And Emmy, you are one of the people uh, speaking uh, today on some of these issues for the International Women's Day online event. 
happening from 1230 uh, to 2.30 Pacific time. Those of you on the East Coast at 3.30 to 5.30 uh, East Coast time. So we've got an exciting lineup, including you, uh, Emmy, Dolores Huerta, and others. So we look forward to hearing from you a little bit later on today. But Emmy, before you go, for people who want information on the Women's March Foundation Los Angeles, what should they do? Go to womensmarchfoundation.org. Join us in fighting back, womensmarchfoundation.org. Okay, Emmy, thank you for all of your work and all of your help, and we'll see you later. Thank (laughs) you. All right, this is Margaret Prescott, our International Women's Day special. And now I'm really delighted to introduce this warrior woman, uh, Maureen D. Taylor, lifelong soldier in the war against the poor. She has served as state chair of the Michigan Welfare Rights Organization since 1993. Um, she's treasurer of the National Welfare Rights uh, Union. And uh, the Michigan Welfare Rights Organization has worked with thousands of concerned residents and organizations to stop uh, water, gas, and other cutoffs. Maureen, so glad you're able to join us today. Welcome. Alrighty, so it's going to be a dangerous next few minutes. All right, here we go. So happy and humbled to be invited uh, to Pacifica Radio and especially my sister Margaret and uh, the Sojourner Truth Broadcast. Uh, all of the ladies around the world, all of the ladies, I'd like to wish you from Michigan Welfare Rights, happy International Working Women's Day. And working has a certain definition that we're going to redefine in a few more minutes. There's a document called the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And this document has an Article 25, a statement. Everyone has the right to a standard of living adequate for the health and well-being of that person and that person's family, which includes food, clothing, housing, medical care, and all of the necessary social services, and the right to a life of security in the event of unemployment, sickness, disability, widowhood, old age, or other lack of livelihood and circumstances beyond that person's control. But it has an addendum, and the addendum says motherhood and childhood are entitled to special care and assistance. All children, whether born in or out of wedlock, shall enjoy the same social protections. Now, that's a document that was written back in 1948. Most of the progressive people in the world understand it, have read it, and try to follow it. The Declaration of Human Rights is the overview of all the things that are necessary. There are women marching worldwide today. France, millions of them are out. Spain, millions of them are out. In uh, the Middle East, we've got women that's been marching for months and years for equity, for fair play, to not be killed. All of these rights that we are arguing for all cover health care access, whatever it is. If you want your toenail removed, you ought to be able to get that. Abortion rights is health rights and has to be included. Access to food, access to affordable housing, and in, certainly in our area, access to water. We have the right to dream that we will all die 
of old age when we're 113, surrounded by our family members after living a happy and a healthy life. What is the key? What is the key? Three keys. Number one, organize. Number two, organize. Number three, organize. And that means for the folks that are unwaged to low wage and moderate. All of us have to get out here and demand a more perfecting union. I'll say this last thing. In Michigan, most of you have heard about the problems we're having with Flint with this water. Uh, certainly in Detroit, we're back on this fight again where my city has tried to come up with a rationing plan to limit the amount of water that low-income people can have. It is an outrage, and it does call for a systems change where individuals are valued. You get what you organize to take. The objective enemy are these corporate entities, the folks that own Amazon, that folks that own uh, Walmart, that rat bastard, oh, shouldn't have said that, Elon Musk, and all of the folks in that crew. That's the enemy. They're the ones that say they have the right to avoid COVID death, and we suffered the most. My name is Maureen Taylor. I serve as state chair of the Michigan Welfare Rights Organization. If you want to get a hold of us, you can go to www.michiganmwro, the letters stand for Michigan Welfare Rights Organization.org. And uh, we're available 24-7, like they used to say on uh, Have Gun, Will Travel. Got a message, Will Travel. Thank you, Ms. Mark. Yeah, well, Maureen, I know, I know you have to dash, but one other quick thing. The uh, event today, the International Women's Day online event, the theme is End Women's Poverty, Invest in Caring, Not Killing. And it was called for by the California uh, for People's Campaign. Now, uh, Maureen, the welfare rights movement, they were very um, crucial and critical in organizing the first Poor People's Campaign. And today, um, the event between 12.30 and 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, uh, the Reverend Annie Chambers will be representing the National Welfare Rights Union uh, on the program. But uh, Maureen, can you just spare a, a minute or so on the important role that welfare right place in that first poor people's campaign i am available i told my uh at my job that i'll be right back i've gone to the ladies room so uh, i'm available um <laughs> uh, this okay. poverty question and i've listened to the speakers in front of me it's just an outrageous scandalous situation where we are still in 2023 trying to talk about how much money women make at the same job we're men work right next to us poverty is the enemy poverty is where we have to start to fight racism we deal with poverty first sexism we deal with poverty first and the problem is is that we're not looking at who the enemy is and the enemy are those folks that have their foot on our necks on our on our necks and on our hemlines they interested in us raising our skirts and they want to control anything there it's an outrage. So poverty is certainly the key that welfare rights organizes around since 1966. And that fight is not over with. And again, I leave the same message. You get what you organize to take. 
All right. Well, Maureen Taylor, thank you for taking that time from your job there. You can get back from your quote-unquote bathroom break now. (laughs) Thank you, you, Miss Margaret, and congratulations, everyone. Happy International Women's Day. And back to you, uh, Maureen Taylor. And it is our International Women's Day special. International Women's Day, a global holiday celebrated annually today on March 8th as a focal point in the women's rights movement, bringing attention to issues focusing on women, reproductive rights, violence, abuse against women, but also women's poverty. And if women are poor, you know that our children are going to be poor. The earliest version was a National Women's Day organized by the Socialist Party of America in New York City, February 28, 1909. There was a woman named Teresa Serber uh, Mackel. She was a Russian-born Jewish woman living in uh, New York City. City. And like many Jewish and Italian immigrant women at the time, this is a report from the Washington Post, she soon joined the labor movement and then started a union for female cloak workers. And then the following year, there were demonstrations and commemorations of International Women's Day across uh, Europe. And um, then in the Soviet uh, Union, Soviet Russia at the time, in 1917, was also the beginning of the February uh, Revolution. Now, um, International Women's Day was made a national holiday on March 8th. Now, back in on March 19th, and notice the differences of these dates, we've now settled on March 8th in 1911, International Women's Day was marked by over a million people in Austria, Denmark, Germany, uh, Switzerland. Um, In Austria-Hungary alone, there were 300 uh, demonstrations. And today, in places like China, uh, women get a half-day holiday for International Women's Day. Well, in the U.S., we get no such holiday. What we're going to do now, my hand with the California Poor People's Campaign that along with women's partner organizations of the Poor People's Campaign has been key in organizing an online International Women's Day event is waiting to speak with us. But let's get a little music break and celebrate women a little bit with our late great sister, Aretha Franklin. Alrighty, 
the late great Aretha Franklin's respect as we celebrate women, we uplift our struggles, and we recognize all of the work that we do. This is Margaret Prescott, host of The Sojourner Truth. We're going to wrap up the show now with our next guest, Nell Myhand. Now, my hand is one of uh, four chairs of the California Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral uh, revival. And she works, she's based in the Bay Area. She's worked locally and nationally to amplify the voices of low and no wealth people and demands resources to meet basic needs of housing, education, healthcare, a livable climate. Now, welcome. Thank you so much, Margaret. Great to be here. Happy International Women's Day. And happy International Women's Day to you. But now, in the time uh, that we have, tell us what's going to be going on in a few hours for this International uh, Women's Day event. So we are going to be assembling starting at 1230 Pacific time for an amazing um, gathering of speakers, singers, testifiers, women who have, um, who are, who are bringing such a a broad uh, spectrum of experiences. We have, um, you know, our honored guests because we're celebrating the fact that women, in spite of the obstacles, do find a way, make a way out of no way to, you know, make progress in this system. So we have women who have shattered ceilings and we have women who have blazed paths. And, you know, we've heard some about some of the, some of that work earlier today. And so we're honored, you know, to have um, Dolores Huerta on our program, as well as uh, Congresswoman Gwen Moore for, you know, her exceptional work in, in fighting for, for women and justice. And um, Congresswoman Barbara Lee has given us a, a special message uh, that we're going to be able to, to deliver. And then our leadership from the from the uh, Poor People's Campaign. We're really honored that the Reverend Dr. Listio Harris is going to join us. You know, she she's I want to quote her. She's always saying we are a nonviolent army of the poor. So, you know, so we're going to have, you know, bring her spirit in there and also. Uh, Shali Gupta Barnes, who is our policy person, who really helps us ground our stories, which are evidence of the reality of the statistics that are so damning in this society. So, so um, we're really honored to have those folks, and then testifiers who are going to talk about what has been the impact of this distorted budget that we have in terms of the military, they puff up the military budget and let us suffer. And so we have women who are going to talk about what it means to be facing the snap cuts that are coming, right? You know, people are getting messages saying, yes, giving you a heads up, your your benefits are going to be reduced by, you know, a, a significant percentage of your benefit, overall benefit amount, which was already too small, and women who are talking talking about you know the work that they're doing on the land, and bringing the story of uh, the level of violence that women face, which is rooted in our poverty, that we will be hearing about what it means to be organizing around the lives of Black and Indigenous missing and murdered women. So. We, we, you know, we, it's a complex situation. We're celebrating, certainly, and we're also lamenting the fact that 
we still have so many challenges that we face uh, at this time. Absolutely. And um, amazing uh, program. Uh, now the theme, End Women's Poverty, Invest in Caring, Not Killing. You have Congresswoman Gwen Moore. You've got uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, Dolores Huerta, the Reverend Dr. Liz C.O. Harris, Joint Coordinator of the Poor People's Campaign, Shally Barnes, as you mentioned, uh, Dolores Huerta, and um, lot music, lots of, uh, of uh, participants. Uh, there. And now I do want to, before you, you tell us how people could participate and also those who could join us on live stream, just to say that the, the sponsoring or co-sponsoring organizations include United for Peace and Justice, Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, the Pennsylvania Poor People's Campaign, Global Women's Strike, Code Pink, the National Welfare Rights Union, and the Women's March uh, Foundation LA, and a slew of um, endorsing organizations, including Alexandria House, uh, Oxfam America, Children's uh, Defense Fund, um, Housing is a Human Rights, which is a division of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, the LA Baby Co-op, Michigan Welfare Rights Union, I mean, uh, and Sojourner Truth, our show, there's so many um, now participating uh, today. But uh, now for people who want to um, register, is it too late? Uh, no, it, it's do? absolutely, there, there's plenty of space in the room, so come on in. <laughs> we have, um, you can uh, register at bit.ly slash all caps C-A-P-P-C-M-8. So that's California Poor People's Campaign M8, C-A-P-P-C-M8. Great. And if people go to the um, the California Poor People's Campaign Facebook page, they likely can get information as well, right? And also, Absolutely. by the way, KPFA has it up on the website. It's on the, all on the Sojourner Truth uh, social media. So lots of ways uh, that you could uh, get involved in this. Now, yes. uh, now my hand, um, will this be live? And for people who may not be able to join us during that time, by the way, for those who are listening on the East Coast at 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. today on March the 8th, um, will, it, will it be live streamed? Yes, absolutely. It'll be live streamed to the California Poor People's Campaign Facebook page that you mentioned just a minute ago. And so people can tune in there. And so that video then we'll be available there. And then we'll also be posting it on the YouTube uh, channel, California Poor People's Campaign YouTube channel when it's edited. Right. Well, now my hand, thank you for all of your work. Congratulations to the California Poor People's Campaign, to the organizing uh, team and uh, all of the, the speakers. We're so uh, looking forward to it. We've got uh, music by the uh, New York State Poor People's Campaign and National Welfare Rights uh, uh, Union. Um, Arne Basson will also be singing um, with us. There's a section on um, the impact of the war economy on women. There's a section on women and the environment. Somebody, a woman speaking who's working to defend forests. Uh, Dolores Huerta, a special guest. A lot going on. 
now my hand to thank you and the whole of the organizing team of this event. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Margaret. All righty, we're out of time. If you'd like a copy of today's show, please contact the Pacifica Radio Archives. We want to thank all of our guests today. Today's show produced by me, that's Margaret Prescott. I'd like to thank our assistant producer, Alicia Vargas. Alicia, thank you. I'm so glad you're feeling better, and happy International Women's Day to you, Alicia. We want to thank Gary Baca, our engineer, Sojourner Truth. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. I hope you get to stay well, and I hope you're able to join us later on for the International Women's Day special End Women's Poverty Invest in Caring, Not Killing. Sojourner Truth will be back on the air tomorrow. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Margaret Prescott.